Welcome back to episode 14 of the Rabbit Rundown. My name is Jacob Von Bergen. As always, joined here by former men's manager Cody Reed. Cody, how's it going? About as dead as it can be. I mean, just kind of terrible way to lose it, you know, especially for the men just because, you know, their season's effectively over at this point. So mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, crappy <laughs> way to, to go out. But, you know, they came back, they battled the whole game. Um, but just, oh, it's a tough loss like that. No, yeah, for sure. And, you know, obviously a lot could have been changed in the game. There's you know not a whole lot other to talk about other than, you know, this men's Oral Roberts game. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of touch on the the women's, uh, you know, Monday hopes and what's kind of going on there. But you know, all we have to really talk about is this men's game here. Um, like you said, kind of ends the season uh, with the change in the NIT tournament. There's no auto bid for the one seed. So, you know, realistically, more than likely not going to be playing in that with um, kind of the field. And there's a bit of a ton of one seeds in the other mid-majors that have lost too. So it probably takes quite a few opt-outs at this point. But, um, you know, solid, you know, offensive game, 88 points. Expect to win a lot of the games. You score 88, you know, dropping at 90 to 88 was a tough one. Uh, a lot of great performances, you know, a gritty performance for Baylor Shireman who really pulled him back into it late. Um, Doug Wilson had 20 points as well. Uh, both of them came a rebound short of a double-double. Uh, Baylor came three assists short of a triple-double. Um, Arians had 10 points, a lot of big points the second half. Dentlinger had a big 12 points and Apple got off to a really hot start and ended up with 10 points. Um, you know, Cody, I guess, what were some of your, you know, takeaways from the game? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing was, I think the de- defensive game plan coming into the game was probably executed pretty well. O'Banner got in foul trouble early, was out of the game. Asmus, you know, he did have an okay first half, but never really felt like he was taking over the game or felt like he was in even as much control of the game as he typically, you know, had been in the past couple games. So I feel like they, they did a good job kind of with the main defensive game plan, but then um, just with so much attention on Asmus, the other guys from all Roberts needed to step up and, you know, they did. No, yeah, for sure. And, you know, if you would have told me before the game, SCSU holds O'Banner and Asmus to a combined 32 points. Um, I thought they would have won by 15. You know, <clears throat> you know, O'Banner with the foul trouble, kind of like we said they should do, just go after him. Um, but almost, you know, that foul trouble almost is what ended up hurting SDSU uh, because they went to that kind of four guard uh, rotation then. They put a lot of quicker guys and um, you know, SDSU just took, it almost seemed like they're too, took them too long to adjust to that style. Um, or, you know, they, they tried to counter it with their big lineup and, you know, they got a lot of points in the paint. They out rebounded them by a ton, but just the slow start, I think, you know, slow start turnovers and free throws are kind of the end of it there. Um, we've kind of talked all season about free throws and ended up shooting about 66%. Um, but you know, you hit half of the ones you miss. Um, they missed seven free throws, 14 of 21. You had half of those, you're up by five. Um, you know, it, it's, it was just a tough way to, to go out. Um, and, you know, at the end, Baylor obviously kind of wheeled him back on some of his shooting and there's just the press work too there with Doug. Um, there's a lot of things that at the end of the game where there's a lot of, um, you know, momentum going back to SDSU, but the one last rebound by O'Banner there that tipped it in, the, 
one of three offensive rebounds for Oral Roberts. Man, if you hold him to two, it's overtime, and who knows what's going on with all the foul trouble on Oral Roberts' side. Yeah, a couple things to touch on that you pointed out. Like, you would – SJCU gets up, you know, if you're looking at the field goals, 13 more shots. They have 19 more rebounds. You know, that's about, you know, as much as you would expect uh, SJCU would – you know, you would expect them to win uh, mm-hmm. based on those stats, but, you know, 16 turnovers, I think they ended up evening out in the turnover department with Oral Roberts at the end, but uh, just like you said, got them off to that slow start and kind of free throws ended up playing a factor and something that was kind of hit on all year and thought the corner was maybe turned there, but it looked like, you know, in the first half, it, they just missed some some ones they should have and miss some the front end of a one and one and like you said it, it comes down to the final play you know you'd love to get that box out at the end but that's not what necessarily decided the game mm-hmm. um, and just yeah needed you know you needed a couple more free throws needed a couple more stops needed one less turnover you know a, a bunch of small things ended up just yep. piling up and on a <clears> night where Oral Roberts and, you know, they came into the game leading the country in three-pointers made per game. So they only made, you know, two or three more than they typically do. But just they felt in rhythm and felt confident. And I was almost when they went to that zone, like, it was kind of like we're ahead by five or so. We're content with giving you points because we know we're going to score on the other end. That's almost how I kind of felt is just they they had the confidence that they were going to win that game. No, yeah, they were definitely willing at that point, it seemed like, to trade uh, easy two-point basket for SCSU for their three. And, you know, whenever they thought, you know, SCSU would miss, they'd take advantage of it and hit another, you know, another big shot. And granted, there was a lot of highly contested shots in the game. You know, the last three they hit, um, EC's hand was right in their face. It wasn't like it was a wide-open three that, you know, someone drove, kicked it, and just wide open. It was heavy uh, congested or contested pass. And uh, you know, basket made there. So, you know, they, they made tough shots. You can't can't get mad when you know the defense is there. Um, it just you know wasn't their night. They went 14 to 14 from the free throw line. Um, SCSU obviously 14 to 21. Uh, I saw you know some people kind of mad about you know the free throw discrepancy, but the way the style of game was played, it made sense why SCSU shot seven more free throws. Um, you know, they played a lot more physical down low, which is probably why you know. SDSU drew more fouls opposed to Oral Roberts. Um, but, you know, refing in this kind of game, too, was kind of – it was weird at times. You know, on Baylor's dunk attempt, uh, they showed the replay, and there's a clear forearm from Weaver into his chest. And then the block, it's like, okay, you got to call that. And then, you know, sometimes it'd be like a little hip check, and it's like, oh, called it right away. So, you know, there's a lot of inconsistencies on the on the court for the players and the refing. I know there's people from both sides that were mad about how the refing was going. Paul Sailors – is it Paul Sailors? No. Paul, uh, what's his name, the coach? From UND, Paul Sather? No, or, or Paul Mills. Paul Mills. I know he was getting an earful of the refs a lot of the times, too, because he wasn't happy with the officiating. Um, seen a lot of, you know, Summit League fans kind of mad about how it's been going this weekend, but obviously not why the game was lost. Um, and SDSU, obviously, like we said, fought back. Um, you know, you can't say enough about Charlie Easley's defense against Ace Miss, you know, holding him to 18 points when they were saying he averaged 27 points uh, a game in Summit League action. So you held him almost 10 points under what he was going to be um, or what he had been so far this year. So, you know, 
pretty uh, incredible game that way uh, for him. You know, he got hobbled at the end of the game there. Um, I was kind of surprised to not see uh, uh, David Winget at all. I don't know if it's, you know, something with his injury that he got in the last game, you know, the last series there, or kind of what happened. Because the way they were playing would seem like a game where he would get into the action, you know, being a little bit quicker for a longer guy would seem like he'd be a guy that gets into the game, but you just never saw him. Yeah, I was a, you know, I think it was when Apple maybe picked up his third in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of thought we'd maybe see him for a spell there, but hard to say, you know, it might've just been, he hadn't quite been able to practice and, um, you know, or maybe wasn't, you know, as engaged in practice or uh, just a number of, number of things could be the injury still. And um, yeah, so who, who, it's hard to say, but I, I also, you know, was expecting mm-hmm. to see him maybe for a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just, <laughs> it's, it's a loss that, you know, you, there's yep. numerous things you could say, but you know, at the end of the day, it, it is a loss and it's tough and, you know, all Roberts played a heck of a game there, you know, if they end up winning, uh, the conference tournament. I don't think they're a team that, you know, anyone would want to play uh, if you're a high seed because, you know, the, the offensive firepower is there. If, if they, you know, are shooting well, they can kind of score with anybody. So, yeah, and, you know, honestly, I think their zone, the weirdest thing about their zone is they were playing really good defense until they switched to man. You know, they were, SCSU had 11 turnovers in the first half for a reason. It wasn't because they were playing the zone, it was because when they were playing man, they were giving SDSU issues. Um, so I was really surprised to see them switch to that zone um, because, like we kind of said, SDSU kind of scored at will when it came to that point. Um, so, yeah, you know, I was just – it just seemed odd to me that they went that direction. Um, but I guess, you know, when you're playing undersized like that, like they were, maybe that's the only option to go when you're going with four guards most of the time. You kind of have to maybe go to a different defensive style. But I don't think it would have changed too much. You know, SDSU scoring down low wouldn't have really changed how – the man defense would have looked, but you know, I'm not coaching for a reason. And um, they got the win obviously, but um, both teams probably expect to win that game when they're scoring 90 or 88 points. And I did bet the over on the game. So I was probably the easiest over. ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a, a tough game to watch. Um, and then at the end there, you know, really thought SCSU had a chance to kind of come back and take it. When Baylor hit those three, uh, free throws at the end of the game, probably the most pressure packed shots he'll take and has taken in his career. You know, your season's on the line. If you miss one of these, it's, it's over and hit all three. Um, but you know, yeah, there's just, there's a lot, a whole lot to <laughs> kind of dig in on, but um, you know, as a, just going back to the season as a whole, um, you saw a lot of success, even, you know, with no opting out. Um, the team, obviously, 88 points without uh, potentially their best score, uh, their pure score in Noah. So if he comes back next year, which um, listening to Tyler's interview with uh, Coach Klink after the game, Klink um, maybe not referencing Noah in this, but said he they're expecting every guy to come back next year. Um, plus, you know, you have a couple of recruits coming in, so a couple of young guys to mix in there. You know, you could be looking at a 10-man um, a rotation with – um, you know, Apple really getting confidence at the end of the year. Um, Wilson, Bentlinger, um, Shireman obviously having the big year. Now you have a defensive guy in Eastley that he's going to be hard to not take or not have on the court at times. 
Um, obviously, Arians running the point guard this year was really successful as well. Um, and he, you know, he really stepped up in the second half too. He had a slow first half, and we were texting at halftime. He said Arians needs to step up if they come back, and he did. You know, he had a couple threes um, in the second half, and he hit a couple buckets going to the hoop. So, um, yeah, you know, it was good to see everybody kind of gain confidence at the end of the game, and should be a fun team to watch. You know, next season. Yeah, and just you know, as we're talking about next year and who's coming back, and you know, it sounds like everyone should be back. Um, that was something that, you know, maybe came in to the, to the end of this game a little bit, um, you know, just the depth and injuries and, you know, everything this year, you know, only really having seven guys that they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell all of them were, you know, pretty gassed. And even if that bucket for old banner doesn't go in, you know, they, they were looking pretty gassed and, you know, it, it, I don't know how overtime would have went, you know, it's kind of a, you know, new game at that point, but um, it was definitely a points in the game too, where I just thought to myself as a fan, like, man, I wish we were in the premier center with, you know, 8,000 SDSU fans. Cause you know, maybe that misses messes with Oral Roberts a little bit. They miss a shot or, you know, um, urges the jacks on as they were gassed there, but um, yeah, moving, you know, into next year, I think, your supporting cast is, is, or, you know, the whole team's coming back. So you have, um, you know, the starters, the supporting cast, a couple new recruits coming in that'll help with that depth. And, uh, you know, they should be a, a really fun team to watch because, you know, without losing anybody, they get, you know, even more chemistry than they had uh, mm-hmm. this year. And, um, you know, around the summit too, it's, it's going to be interesting because a lot of teams have everyone coming back and it's a fairly veteran league. Um, so if you thought this year was competitive next year might even, you know, might be a, a step up. I will say I have seen a lot of teams around the summit, um, doing senior days and acting as if players are leaving, you know, rumor on the street is Stanley won't be back for USD and, you know, with AJ's injury, that could be a long haul, you know, return. So USD could be in a weird spot next year. Um, I know, uh, Pyle, the rumor is he's going to med school because he's accepted, I believe, at UNL. So, obviously, like, a pretty big deal there. Um, they just had uh, – can't think of the guy's name right now. He entered the transfer portal today. Um, and then he didn't play in the Summer League tournament. I can't – the name's escaping me. But um, – and then Jay Townsend's entered the tr- uh, portal from Denver. You know, he's obviously their big score. They're going to lose a few guys, I believe, in the portal. So, you know – there's going to be a lot of turnover. Obviously, Denver losing their coach. Um, Billups getting uh, let go. They're going to have a, probably a whole new team, probably going to take a Denver or a Western Illinois approach where, you know, they brought everybody new in. And you kind of expect Western to be better next year. Um, they'll have an actual offseason to get ready. Um, UMKC, you really don't know what to expect. McKissick was going to transfer out, but ended up not. So to see it finally transfer out this time and, um, does he go up to the next level because he has that potential? Or it'll be interesting to see what you know a lot of these teams look like. SDSU fortunate enough that everybody is right now coming back. Um, obviously, things can change with the transfer portal and everything. You know, you don't know what Noah's situation is going to be come next season. Um, obviously, a few players maybe not happy with their playing time. You can always see that. Obviously, we saw like Alu Dillon leaving last year is kind of a surprise. I think everyone. Um, it, and really kind of hurt the depth of the big man spot because this would be a, probably a really big game for him, being that more athletic, quick guy. Um, but, you know, yeah, 
it's gonna be a fun team to watch because when we talked to Baylor early on, we're like, hey, even in high school, you don't have teams come back with you know all your starters and your you know, your main bench guys. Well, now they're doing it two years in a row. Um, they're gonna bring probably everybody back. Um, they're already one of the better sharing teams in the country. You know, I think the other night they had twenty one basket ten, or they had most of their baskets were assisted. Twenty one of thirty, I think, were assisted on the other night. So. They really have good chemistry now, so imagine what another year can do. It's going to be definitely a fun team to watch next year. Yeah, and I think they're a really fun team to watch this year, and that's what makes it, you know, mm-hmm. disappointing. We can't see them, you know, get to that game where they have a shot to make the NCAA tournament just because uh, they were so fun to watch. And I think, you know, they should be even better next year. And, um, you know, for some of the, these guys that have now, you know, lost in the – the opening round of the tournament and I, you know, get a taste of the semifinals, lose there, um, you know, should be a very motivated group uh, to get to that championship game just because, you know, for a, a while there we were, you know, having SDSU in the championship every single year and, you mm-hmm. know, it's been a, a three-year drought now. So, uh, you know, the, the players, the program, the fans alike, uh, you know, we're all kind of hankering for it. And, you know, it's, it's, been escaping us a little bit and um yeah. i'm sure like i said the the team coming back next year and the coaching staff will be pretty hungry and motivated to to get to that championship game yeah it'll be it'll be nice if they could you know make it back to the championship game in front of a another sold out premier center um it'll be you know it'll be fun to watch because obviously that atmosphere like you said would have been incredible tonight um you know willing them back into it there was points where you could really hear the fans um, yelling and honestly, my favorite part of the game was, you know, it was quiet because it wasn't the people, but there was there was some ticky tack call that wasn't made or was made, and you could hear an STSU fan just harping on the stripes from up top. You could hear them, come on stripes, and they were just yelling that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it was a different atmosphere this year. Um, by all accounts, everybody I'm kind of seeing on Twitter saying it just feels weird uh, not having fans there, and everyone's kind of imagining what a game like this would have looked like at the Premier Center. I can't imagine what the game like tonight, USD NDSU, um, would look like. Uh, that'd be, you know, there'd be a lot of SDSU fans, you know, probably file out because it is a little bit later game. And, um, you know, it would have been interesting to see what USD fans were doing. You know, if they were getting behind Oral Roberts, if, you know, Oral Roberts, what kind of fans they bring. Um, but, yeah, you know, overall, it just it was a weird year with everything going on for SDSU fact that they got the one seed with you know losing games losing players um pretty incredible uh they're gonna come into the season next year as i assume the heavy favorites to win again something like i i would be shocked if they're not the one seed or you know coaches or media poll favorites uh coming back so no it's gonna be fun but like we said it's gonna be the whole you know the whole team back next year and hopefully a loss like this motivates you back for next year you know heal up because obviously some players were pretty banged up there at the end of the game. Baylor, you know, hit the ground like three or four times super hard. Um, you could see him wincing at times, but no, it's going to be fun. Uh, this team will be fun to watch and um, can't wait for next year already with them. Just, you know, assuming that their season's over. Uh, I guess, do you have any other you know, thoughts on the men's team here? Or? Um, No, not too much. I mean, like, like I said before, it was a, it was a fun season, slightly disappointing end. Um, but there's, there's a lot to look forward to. And, 
you know, maybe if there's a bunch of the high major teams that would be at larges for the NIT decide to opt out or their players are, you know, preparing for the draft or, or things of that nature, maybe SDSU, you know, gets a chance, sneaks in there with one of the, the final spots. I would say it's, you know, probably pretty unlikely, but, you know, uh, overall, good season. It was glad that there was even basketball, you know, for us to, to watch and get excited about just because heading into the year, we weren't sure there was going to be basketball or, you know, to get through a season and, um, you know, saw a lot of games at the Pentagon and uh, I don't know if we'll ever get that many games, you know, for the, for the Jack Robinson Sioux Falls, but uh, it kind of started and then there. So I guess it came full circle, but um, you know, uh, not much else to say there. Oh yeah, for sure. But you know, with that season ending, we still have the women's side that, you know, by all accounts should be making it to the tournament. Uh, we kind of hinted at this on the bonus episode Monday, but um, you know, Seeding projections, you still kind of have them that eight, nine range. You know, if there's a couple upsets, you could really see them maybe slide back up to a seven if they need a lot to go their way, obviously, or the committee maybe does favor them a little bit to say, let allowing one clunker to happen. We'll see what happens. But yeah, the women, you know, still got a season to go and we'll have a little bit more to talk about maybe next week as we'll talk about the actual, um, you know, where they're going to be playing and what to be, you know, looking forward to. Oh, uh, the selection show, I believe, Monday. Um, but yeah, you know, with the women, still going to be excited to see where they end up. And, you know, they'll be down in San Antonio and Dallas uh, more than likely if things shake out the way they should. Yeah, so um, like like you said, the, the projections were kind of having them at an in eight or nine spot. I think if you compare them to uh, USD's team from two years ago when they got their at-large bid, um, I believe USD was a nine seed that year. Uh, this SDSU team may, I would say, probably ranks a little higher just in some of the rankings and record-wise mm -hmm. um, than that USD team. So, you know, maybe maybe an eight seed, potentially a seven if, if things break their way. I, I think, honestly, uh, whether it's a seven or a ten, I think you'd rather be in that seven-ten matchup than the eight-nine. Um, yep. You know, we've seen SDSU, I think, as a 10 seed, one of the first times they made the tournament had, you know, won their first game against TCU and then mm -hmm. played Baylor. I think they were a 10. And so um, it just offers a, a little bit more of a competitive matchup in, in that second game. But that's also, uh, you know, a long ways off. To, you know, they yep. got to make the tournament first and, and everything. So hopefully they can, you know, maybe get some things to go their way and get that seven seed. That would be awesome if they could stay there. But like we said before, they're going to have a lot of, a lot of, you know, practice this week, and then you know a whole week of practice before the tournament once they find out uh, where they're playing. So, hopefully, kind of like the men, you know, we say for next year, but you know they're going to have a lot of motivation coming off that that opening round loss, and um, maybe Omaha ends up you know beating USD tomorrow night, and this is or tonight and. Um, I don't know if we're going to release this Tuesday or Wednesday, but, um, you know, if Omaha wins the tournament, maybe that loss doesn't look quite as bad. But yeah, you know, Omaha played really well uh, as we're recording here Monday. Um, you know, really took it to Western. And maybe if they come out with their A-plus game and USD comes out with a little bit of a dud, they can win it and then really throw some chaos. And does, you know, does USD get the at-large bid still? Because that will be, a, you know, not a great loss. Um, so it will be really interesting, you know. Um, 
like we said, it's kind of USC's tournament to lose at this point. Uh, we'll see what happens, but um, really anticipate next, you know, next week we're recording with the destination for the women um, and what to kind of expect and what they're going to be going for. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's for them as well. It's been a fun season. I believe they're expecting everyone back next year as well. So, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of fortunate uh, opportunities there because a lot of teams, you know, aren't welcoming players back just because they don't have it in their budget, to, you know, scholarships and everything. So, um, you know, really good that SCSU is able to, you know, get away with that a little bit and um, bring it into next year with a lot of familiarity uh, with all the players. Yeah, because I think Tylee said for sure she's coming back. And um, I don't know who the other seniors would be. It might be it. it. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're, and and then they had a lot of young players get a ton of experience this year. So um, they should be a really deep, you know, deep team next year. Um, And I don't know what their recruiting class looks like, but um, I'm sure they'll be kind of the, the same old, same old, just keep building the program. And, you know, hopefully uh, we don't have to talk too much about their, their next season. We still have a lot of, you know, this season yep. to go. Um, I'm not sure what the women are doing for, a, for an NIT on the, on the women's side, if there's a WNIT this year, but uh, we'll focus on the, the NCAA tournament and that selection show first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know what their, if they do a WNIT still or what their plans are, but, um, but yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, next uh, week when we're recording, it's we're going to be in a, hopefully a better mood with them making the tournament. We're not doing a year-end uh, women's review or anything of that nature. Um, but, you know, with that being said, we'll probably end, uh, you know, episode 14 here, the gloomy uh, episode of the season. Um, but, yeah, you know, thanks, everyone, for tuning in uh, this weekend, you know, this whole year. Um, we'll be back, you know, next week with a preview of hopefully the women's NTA tournament uh, uh, game. And But, you know, before then, follow us on Twitter at Rabbit Rundown. Let us know if you have any questions, topics you want us to talk about next week. But with that being said, uh, we'll see you guys next week.